Welcome to the Flourish Heights podcast, made for women by women. I'm your host, Valerie Adjamine, women's health dietitian and the founder of Flourish Heights. To be empowered in health starts with a true connection with your body. Together, we are breaking through topics surrounding periods, women's nutrition, body awareness, self-care, and much more. Let's flourish and be the best version of ourselves. Happy 2024, friends. I'm so excited to be back here with you on the Flourish Heights podcast, where we're covering all the things from women's health, body image, to diet myths, trends, and more. Okay, so we're starting off the year with a bang, and we do this every year where we cover hot nutrition and wellness trends, and I break it down for you. I give you my thoughts on whether or not we need to leave it behind in the previous year. So we're back again at it, and this time with a special guest who I'm going to introduce here shortly. But just a heads up, we recorded this episode actually like a weeks before the holidays. So some of the things that we say may still reflect the context of the year 2023. But before we jump into the episode, take 30 seconds, show us some love by leaving five stars and a quick review. Tell us what you're looking forward to for the year, what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we will be taking some time off from the podcast and we'll be back, don't worry, with some new episodes. So stay, stay tuned for that. In this episode, though, we're covering 10 hot social media trends from girl dinners to what I eat in a day videos, the collagen craze, and so much more, most of which got their popularity from good old TikTok, of course. So sit back, relax, and let's get into the episode. Oh my God, ladies. So I have a very, very, very special guest here with me today, which we're so lucky and to have her here, but she is going to help me cover some of the most popular trends that I've seen in the world of wellness and nutrition this year, especially on TikTok, especially on TikTok. And we're going to share keeping it for next year or we're ditching it. And I mean, I'm talking about like leaving it behind in 2023. And I'm serious. People were actually going to leave it behind this time around. And I mean, some of them are just bizarre, in my opinion. My special guest is the one and only Stephanie Sassos, who's a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer and nutrition director of the Good Housekeeping Institute at Hearst Magazines. And can I just add an amazing colleague, friend, one of the most sweetest souls I know beyond talented superstar. And I got to meet Stephanie years back um, on social media, actually, as we were kind of like in the earlier parts of our journey to becoming registered dietitians, like back in 2015. I remember those conversations, Stephanie. And look at us now, time flies. So welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. The The feeling is mutual. I absolutely adore you. And I'm thinking about, right, when we first connected was on social media and, and I was asking you for tips on being a media dietitian. And now look at us. Like, it's awesome. It's so I need cool. the tips from you now. <laughs> That's for oh, sure. Oh, stop. You're the best. Well, Stephanie, I'd love for you to share a little bit about yourself um, to our fabulous lin- listeners and um, what you do on the day to day. Yes. So like you said, I'm a dietitian. I'm also a personal trainer and I'm also a women's fitness specialist, which is a advanced certification I did last year. Um, just because, you know, fitness for women is so individualized and I feel like the, um, fitness information out there is so geared towards men. 
But, you know, staying active and moving your body and taking care of it with nutrition and fitness to me just go hand in hand. They really work synergistically together. So that's kind of my whole ethos, right? Um, and at Good Housekeeping, what I do is I manage and cover all of our nutrition-related content, testing, evaluation. That's everything from reporting on the latest nutrition trends and diets to actually testing products like supplements and snacks. Um, and I also do a lot of our um, fitness and exercise content as well. And a big part of my job is really keeping up with not just the trends, but also the, you know, expert advice and the research out there um, and really keeping it evidence-based because that's going to help encourage our readers to have more informed food choices and live their healthiest life. Um, and I'm also a mom and I'm also expecting my second baby, which I'm now publicly <laughs> sharing with people now. Uh, so I've been through, you know, lots of different phases of womanhood at this point. And it's really amazing just to see how awesome the human body is and I'm so appreciative just for, you know, a healthy, able body that can move and take care of my daughter and my family. Um, so that's me in a nutshell. And she does like 5 million things at once while being a mom and being a wife and <laughs> doing all the cool things at Good Housekeeping. And it's been such an amazing kind of like, just to see your journey. It's so inspiring because like Thank our you. bodies are so different from how, you know, how men like their bodies operate. So I love that you kind of specialize in that now. That's awesome. Yeah, I think, that, like I said, there's so much information about men and men dominating the fitness space, but fitness is so important for women. And there are certain applications that are important for women during different periods of their life, right? So when we're younger, when we, you know, conceive during pregnancy, prenatal, postnatal, menopause, perimenopause, all these different things, um, fitness does evolve and it changes, right? So it's not that it's complicated, but it's just a matter of understanding how our bodies work, how our hormones are changing, and how that can impact our health and nutrition. And like, I'm sure you see now a big trend in the fitness space is like these synced workouts, like cycle syncing. Yeah, and there's like that. a lot of, you know, like research to support some of that. I mean, it might be different for every individual person, but it's cool to see the fitness space acknowledging women and our hormones and what's going on in our body more today than it used to. Yeah, it's definitely important for us to learn how we can support our bodies throughout all these different transitions. So it's super cool what you're doing. So Stephanie, you know why we're here. We have so many trends to cover and I want to make sure we have enough time. So let's get right into it. But first, quick question for you. What is the difference between a trend and a fad? This is a great question. The terms are often used interchangeably, but they actually are quite different things. I think we just refer to everything as trends. But trends are basically the different directions where our nutrition and food space is developing or changing. They're usually starting slow. They take some time to gain momentum. And they have greater staying power and endurance. Sometimes they'll have like some actual research to back them up. Whereas fads really gain popularity quickly and fall just as fast. So I'm sure you can think of a million TikTok fads that you've seen this year. Um, so the main difference really is the power of endurance. Like that's one thing I think if you remember I say today um, that trends have staying power. And so it's important to understand what's the science behind the trend? Is there science behind the trend? Um, and what are the good parts of the trend that you can 
incorporate into your life. And maybe there are some parts that you want to stay away from. Most of what we're going to talk about is they're actually very, you know, they're fads, you know, they're popular. They come and go. Um, We see them maybe leave at the end of the year. It comes right back the following year. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's go down the list. Um, We are going to start with borax. And I thought it was funny because I actually (laughs) remember that you covered this with good housekeeping. Um, So yes, the women out there are drinking borax. And for those who don't know, or maybe didn't like, you know, see this trend or, you know, yeah, I guess like notice it earlier than in the year. Um, Borax, it's this powdery substance. It's found in laundry detergent and it's sold on its own as a cleaning product. And then we have boric acid, which is a different formulation of the same compound boron. And it's also used to kill ants and cockroaches. Now, borax has been banned in U.S. food products. Um, Some people on TikTok have basically said that adding a pinch of this to their water could, in fact, reduce inflammation, help with joint pain, or soaking borax in the in the bathtub could detoxify the body. And so I'm like cringing already, just like kind of thinking about this again. But we know that borax also, there's, you know, it can cause stomach irritation. Um, it can lead to things like vomiting or diarrhea if it's ingested. And over time, it can cause anemia and seizures. So first things first, Stephanie, why don't you share your initial thoughts on this? I heard a reaction earlier. What was that about? <laughs> Well, like you said, of course, good housekeeping cover this because it's nutrition and cleaning. So it's like two of our favorite things. However, I do try and like try and find, is there anything positive in the trend? There is nothing good here. Like this is just all bad. It's flat out dangerous. It makes me question like what even is happening in our world? I mean, I heard about people ingesting it. Now you're telling me people are maybe like soaking in it, which makes me even more concerned. And I'm just, who is coming up with this stuff? Like who felt the need to do this? It makes no sense to me. No sense at all. Absolutely no sense. And so is there any, I mean, like, is there any science to back this up? Like any No. So like you said, it's a powdered laundry additive. It's like a household cleaner. Um, You should never under any circumstances consume any amount of it, just for people listening. Um, The FDA actually considers it illegal to be used as an additive in food and the box itself says it should not be ingested so you know not it's not reading? like you're buying this <laughs> i don't understand it's not like it's next to like you know cocoa puffs on the cereal shelf like it's not oh supposed God. to be ingested and like you said you know of course you know it can cause even a small amount can cause nausea vomiting stomach pain but it's not even safe to breathe in it's not even safe to come in contact with your skin or your eyes um there's totally no science to support it and, you know, it's kind of also like in the same vein as the NyQuil chicken trend that was happening that I'm just like, why are people even yeah, I doing this? It was, it you looked, know, I'm just thinking about the videos and how gross that looked like, why? It just but makes anyway. no sense to me. And it's so dangerous. So don't do it. It's, don't it's do bad. It. We no. don't want to see that come back. <laughs> Ditch it or, or keep it. I mean, we know the answer, but have to hear you say it. Steer clear. Steer clear of it. Do not. <laughs> absolutely ditch it. Absolutely run. Ditch it. Run, people run. Okay. <laughs> so when it comes to borax, we are ditching it. All right. The next thing, girl dinners. I am not going to lie, Stephanie. Like, So this had everyone in a chokehold and I didn't think it was like, that that serious I mean you heard like some people that were like the you know professionals or RDs like 
it was, you know, either we had the RDs that were like, oh, this is terrible. This is dangerous. Then we had the ones that were like, well, I mean, it's not that, you know, like it's okay every now and then I have a girl dinner. And so this trend alone had over 24 million views and hundreds of posts with the TikTok hashtag, hashtag girl dinner. And so girl dinner, girl dinner, for those who are listening, it's a trend in which women and girls, they post a video or a picture of their meal. And it's just an assortment of all these like random snack foods. So for example, it could be like, um, instead of like having a full blown meal, whether that's a sandwich, stir fry, et cetera, it may be like a charcuterie board or some popcorn and wine or cheese and crackers, like things like that. And so I'll speak for myself. I mean, I've, I have girl dinners here and there because some, some days that's just what I want. That's what I'm in the mood for. Um, and most girl dinners aren't meals at all. And they're just snacks. And so, um, some people are saying that this trend kind of encourages, um, or I guess like normalizes reducing portion sizes. So I guess I'll stop here. What are your initial thoughts on this? I think you and I are totally in this on the same page with this one. I mean, as a busy mom, I have eaten many a girl dinner. Uh, it's easy. It's basically like a charcuterie board minus the board. I think it just depends on what your girl dinner consists of, right? Like make it balanced. Make sure you have a veggie in there. Make sure you have a protein in there. Some healthy fats, some type of complex carb, like a whole grain cracker would be awesome, you know? And of course, just make sure it's enough calories. I think that was the whole controversy over this is people were like, you know, raising their eyebrows. Is this really enough food for someone? But, you know, ultimately, if it's easy for you, um, if it's not empty calories, and if it's enough calories, right? um, I think that is perfectly fine. And a lot of times, look, you don't want to have to boil a pot of water, you don't want to have to take out a cutting board, right? It can be really easy to sort of piece some things from your pantry together. And it can be balanced if you make the effort, right, to to do so. Yeah, no, I love all the points you made. And I think it's like, yeah, like girl dinner over skipping a meal. And I'm saying that because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've worked with clients and, you know, some of them are always skipping meals. So it's like, hey, I would say, yeah, get your girl dinner on. Um, if those days are like, oh man, I'm probably going to skip or maybe I'm not as hungry. Let me just grab something small. Like, yeah, go for that girl dinner. Yeah. But don't make it like an everyday thing either. Absolutely. hundred percent. Okay. So ditch, keep what's going on here. I I say to keep it. I think just keep it healthy, you know, keep it balanced. That's all focus on what the girl dinner is actually consisting of and put like a little thought into it. Yeah. A little thought (laughs) (laughs) on those lazy days, a little thought. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. Put a little thought into it and then we're going to keep it wonderful. Let's go on to number three, what I eat in a day video. So this is an ongoing debate. This has actually been trending apparently since the early 2000s and even before. And so the hashtag, hashtag what I eat in a day has 14.6 billion posts on TikTok. And so these videos, for those who don't know, um, it's like this popular genre of content on social media platforms, particularly TikTok, even Instagram, I would say more so Instagram. And in these videos, people are showcasing and detailing their, you know, food consumption, um, including meals, snacks, beverages, what they're eating from breakfast, lunch, dinner, et cetera, everything in between. Um, And um, sometimes you'll like, you'll get 
these um, specific visuals of the food. Some people may go into the nutritional information and comment um, about why they're eating these, you know, certain foods throughout the day. Um, and so I will pause, Stephanie. What are you thinking here? What are your insights? So I really just never liked these. Like these are really popular when I first got on Instagram back in like, you know, I don't know, the 2010s. So like yeah. 2014 or whatever, there was, everyone was doing it. And I just never even did one because I kind of thought it's kind of stupid. Like there's no <laughs> one size fits all approach, right? To health and nutrition. Just because someone's eating something doesn't mean you have to be eating the same exact thing or the same exact calories. And I felt like the videos were all over the place. Like you'd have some celebrities doing these videos and they're eating like, you know, water with lemon and a cube of cheese. And then you'd have like some super athlete who's eating like 20 meals a day. And you're just like, well, what am I supposed to be doing here? So, you know, your body is not the same as the influencer or the celebrity you're watching, right? We all thrive on different things. We all have different calorie needs. I think the only good thing, again, I like to try and see what's like one positive thing here. Maybe you want some like recipe or meal inspiration. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it can be useful with that. Like, you see an influencer put together like a really easy omelet, right? And then that's your go-to, or maybe they add cottage cheese or something to like a pasta sauce or whatever, right? And then you think, oh, maybe I'll do that. Like maybe you can grab tidbits of it, but you can't replicate what someone else is doing. They're not in your body. That's my two cents. What is your perspective on it? Well, I agree with everything you said. I mean, I, maybe because I'm a dietitian, so I kind of don't, get easily influenced by what people are eating. So it's a little different, but I will mm -hmm. say I do enjoy like seeing these videos for inspiration. I always like to see what other people are eating. Cause then it's like, Oh, I never thought to make this like blueberry smoothie situation. I'm going to do it for myself. Maybe I'll enjoy it and I'll make it my own personal way. But that's the difference. It's like, I'm seeing what you're doing and I'm thinking about how it can align with my preferences and my needs, you know? And so, um, but again, percent. I am a dietitian, <laughs> so it's a little different for me. But um, yes, take it with a grain of salt. Not every what I eat in a day video is what you should, you know, it's how you should be eating. Um, and most of the time too, like when we see those what I eat in a day it videos, they're not really, they're very like, um, they're whitewashed, okay? We're not seeing other types of foods yeah. on the plate. Like we're not seeing those cultural foods. And that's the thing when it comes to health, like we think it has to be like, a salad every day. And we're not thinking about right. other types of cultural foods that also fit into the health or the nutrient dense like category. So yeah, take it with a grain of salt. I agree with everything you said. Um, now this is the question, keep it or ditch it. I was going to say ditch it, but now you bring mm. up a really great point. Like if we can get some maybe more like culturally diverse what I eat in a day things I would love to see that like I would love to get some inspiration for you know different cuisine inspired lunches and dinners so yeah. I feel like it's ditch it but maybe it's on the vein of like you know let's keep sharing healthy nutritious meal ideas right like not necessarily in the context of a full day but just to give people little tidbits and inspiration. And even if you're not a dietitian or an influencer or whatever, just sharing with your friend, like, you know, this is something I do every morning that you might not have thought to do, then they might take that, right, and adopt it for themselves. So 
But I think overall, we should probably ditch them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can say we can say keep it, and then like for inspiration. Yeah, keep it, yeah. but upgrade it. Uh, that, keep, that's, keep that's upgrade it. <laughs> oh, I love that. Keep it and upgrade it. Okay, we're keeping it, upgrading it. What I had eaten a day videos. Okay, number four. Oh gosh, at home IV therapies have been this big thing. I think especially picking up from last year, I've seen it more buzzy this year. Um, so these are these, I, you know, vitamin treatments, um, they've been around for years. It's gaining popularity, especially among celebrities. Um, and it's just this quick and pricey way to recover from hangovers, viruses to quote unquote, like boost your energy levels, um, et cetera. So depending on the ingredients, it can cost anywhere from 300 to 800 plus bucks. And many health professionals are not a fan of this. Um, and we'll get into it, but I want to hear Stephanie's, I want to hear your thoughts first on it. I mean, I've recently seen celebrities like Kendall Jenner, Hailey Bieber, and so many more, um, celebrities kind of doing this at home IV therapies. I even have, you know, had clients that have said, you know, they've gotten these types of IV therapies, um, for like an energy boost and things like that. What are your thoughts on it initially? I mean, my initial thought is I really do think it's stupid. I feel bad to say it. <laughs> wait, wait, repeat that. <laughs> I really think it's stupid. I feel bad to say it, but yeah. So, what do they call these things? A lot of times, like what's what are these bags called? They're called banana bags, okay? Because they're yeah. like basically bright yellow, and they have a mix of different vitamins in them. And that brings me back to before my media dietitian career, I worked in the hospital mm -hmm. and banana bags were like a staple in the hospital for emergency situations with alcoholics. Okay. So I'm seeing like everyone's talking about banana bags and all I'm thinking to myself is, is this just a society of alcoholics in emergency situations that I'm we screaming. all need banana bags? <laughs> like what is happening here? I just feel like it's enabling really bad behaviors. Like if you're getting, yeah. you know, IV therapy or a banana bag after every night that you're going out, I mean, there's a bigger issue here. Like you probably have to reassess and cut back with how much you're drinking. And, um, you know, unfortunately, like, I think a lot of times we, you know, can abuse our bodies and then we think that there might be a magic cure to, you know, totally transform and get back to our peak state of health. And, you know, it doesn't work like that. Right. So yeah. that's my initial thought on it. I also think that, you know, these therapies are not regulated. They're, they vary right. by practitioner. You don't know what you're getting. Um, oftentimes it's probably just a placebo effect, you know, of you just sitting down and relaxing for however long this this thing is. And look, you're getting a couple of vitamins, a little hydration. I really also think that it's basically an expensive multivitamin and an expensive like glass of water or coconut water. Like just take a multi, drink some water. You can maybe put some, you know, electrolyte powder in your water once in a while if you're, you know, craving it. But I just don't think it's necessary. And it's also like, you know, a real privilege to be able to even do something like this, yeah. you know, oh my goodness, for sure. And I, I agree, like definitely the better route is just taking a multivitamin, of course, talk to your doctor first. I mean, I've seen this go really bad. Um, I've yeah. heard about like that Texas um, woman who became unresponsive. I think some <gasps> months ago, it was this year after it was like at a med spa and then she was like on this infusion. I think her specific infusion had like B vitamins. It had like B12 and 
also TPN electrolytes. So yeah, the clinic, the medical provider, they were in big, big trouble. I think he got like his license revoked and stuff too. So guys, it's like, let's, let's stop. Yeah. We I'm, I'm ditching this 100%. Let's ditch it 100%. (laughs) Yeah. That's so scary too, because again, you just don't know what's in these things. Right. And you could have a practitioner who has like no credentials. That's so dangerous, you know? Very dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep going. Um, next protein coffee. This is number five. So protein coffee is really what it sounds like. You're just adding protein powder or pre-made shake to your brew. So what's the point? Those who people are that are on it are saying like, um, you know, if you're really busy or you're not hungry in the morning, this is like a way to just get that like caffeine boost. Um, I, anyway, we'll, 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 we'll go to you first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So I actually personally hate coffee. I hate the taste of it. I'm like the one person who are you? Me Me and my father, we both are, we both hate coffee. So I just find it funny how people are obsessed with putting all this stuff in their coffee. Like, do you even like coffee then? Why are you trying to make it better? If you're trying to put, you know, all these fancy creamers and whatever into it. So um, but then again, I know people are obviously like need their cup of coffee in the morning. I don't think it's necessarily harmful. Like, you know, it could definitely be a little bit more satiating. I just think the negative parts of this come if you're using it as a meal replacement, like protein powder does not replace a meal, like one scoop yeah. or a tablespoon of protein powder in your cup of coffee does not replace the meal. I also think like, when I think when I hear about this, I think to myself, okay, People are probably doing this who are like intermittent fasting and they think this is intermittent fasting, but it's not because you're now consuming a macronutrient. So you're, you know, not that I'm necessarily pro or against intermittent fasting, but it doesn't make sense, right? Because then you are jumpstarting your metabolism and everything for the day. It's not like you're just drinking plain coffee or water. So I think if you're going to do it, just understand why are you doing it? Do you enjoy the taste of it? Does it make that cup of coffee last longer or satiate you longer? Then it's fine. But I think if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, it's not ideal. So I think the next one goes hand in hand with with this one. I agree with everything that you said. This is, so I want to combine these two. So dry scooping pre-workout supplements. Um, I don't know if it's because because of the protein. I mean, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but um, basically it's, you know, dry scoopers, claim that when they're swallowing supplement powder without mixing it first with water, the body's then absorbing the energizing ingredients more quickly. So what are your thoughts with that? And then are we ditching protein coffee and the dry scooping pre-workout supplements? So I'm internally laughing because I am ashamed (laughs) to say that my husband used to dry (laughs) scoop protein powder. So not pre-workout, but protein powder every morning for like three to six months and it was the most unattractive thing and I would literally laugh in his face every morning because I'm just like you have to be stupid to do this and then he'd be choking on the powder and also laughing because I'm laughing it was the funniest thing so when I saw that this is still happening I'm like wow I can't believe it ultimately he stopped because he just realized this is really stupid it makes no sense um I don't think there's any science behind it. You also have to look at like the protein powders on the direction, say combine with water or combine with liquid or put it into a baked good or add it to your oatmeal. They're not designed to be consumed by themselves, right? Like you could choke on this stuff. Um, 
And it's also just like not pleasant. I just feel like everything you put in your body or, you know, your movement should be somewhat pleasant, somewhat enjoyable. Obviously certain things you're doing because, you know, you think it's good for your body and whatever, but this is just like not a pleasant way to start the day. So I am very much against this. The protein coffee thing, I think if it's for the right reasons, you can keep it. I mean, the other thing too, the larger thing with this is that the supplement industry really is poorly regulated. So you have to also know like what's in your protein powder. That's why it's important to look for third-party testing and third-party certifications to make sure that the powder has been tested for heavy metals and to make sure that what's in the powder and what's on the label is actually in the container. Um, So that's kind of the larger thing about this. And also protein powder is you know, it's not a whole protein food, right? Like when you're eating a piece of chicken or an egg, you're getting the synergistic benefits of all those nutrients coming together in the food. We can't just pluck out the protein and say it's healthy, right? Maybe it's the protein with the vitamin C and all the different nutrients in that food that makes it really great, right? So protein powder has its pros and cons, but Whole Foods first. That's my tangent on the protein powder. No, that was no, that was definitely a tangent. I was like, oh, and you know what? I was like, you're gonna have the perfect like ideas around this because you're a fitness expert. So I was like, oh, I gotta hear what she's gonna say about this. The protein. I mean, there's like a protein craze. Everybody's like thinking we have to like have more protein than we probably even need. So Yeah. yeah. Sounds like we're ditching protein coffee and the dry scooping pre-workouts. Absolutely. I also, um, at Fancy, which is this big nutrition expo that you and I both went to this year, they, they do a bunch of research studies and they um, unveil a lot of research findings there. And I was looking at one um, study that was on like student athletes and college athletes. And basically they're like way exceeding their protein needs, but they're not meeting their needs for like fat and carbs and anything else. And just because such an emphasis on protein, but like, if you really look at the literature and like what you're supposed to have post-workout, it's a ratio of carbs to protein. It's more carbs than protein. Like you need the carbs as the vessel to deliver the protein, you know, to your body, to your muscles, to help you, you know, rejuvenate and restore after that workout. So protein is great, but too much of anything isn't good. I mean, I do think a lot of women aren't getting enough protein, actually. Yeah, I see that. But, too. you know, but I think you also like you need to have a balance of carbs and healthy fats, too, or else it's just not going to work if you're putting all your eggs in one basket. No pun intended there <laughs> on the protein routes. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So we're ditching it. We're ditching it. So we are on trend number seven. And this is about the cottage cheese hype that's going on. So TikTok has just, I think, started this. And it's just everybody's now obsessed with cottage cheese. Um, So I don't think anyone saw this coming, but it's definitely having a moment. And um, it has about 470 million views and new recipes um, going viral or on TikTok. And it's just been going viral since. So cottage cheese, I've seen things from like three ingredient cottage cheese ice creams to cottage cheese avocado toast cottage cheese pancakes I mean what what have you seen I've seen like cottage cheese vodka sauce and so much more but I actually like this trend um I even seen things like cottage cheese boards being like the new butter board oh all that too and I came across an article where someone goes I literally have like six containers of cottage cheese in my fringe so I don't know are we (laughs) overdoing it if you love it you love it but 
Are you a cottage cheese girly, Stephanie? I am a cottage cheese girly. I love that this is a trend right now. And <laughs> I also like love when, you know, a grandma food, quintessential, you know, a like grandma you know, food. <laughs> previously on, un, un, you know, like sexy food now is all of a sudden becoming super trendy. Like there's things that like, you know, maybe like my grandmother used to love to eat cottage cheese growing. Yeah. Like, so I'm just thinking about some of these, you know, foods that maybe we used to sort of like turn our back to, or now we're realizing super nutritious and there's, it's just, you know, a natural food, obviously it's high in protein, calcium. Um, and I, the only thing about it obviously can be kind of high in sodium. So that's just something mm-hmm. to look out for, but I think it's great. It's a great way to sneak more protein and nutrition into like sauces, like you said, smoothies. Um, it's super versatile. People don't crave that texture always. So yeah, I, I always think, yeah. So like blending it up can kind of get, yeah. you know, you to be a little bit more inclined to try it, but I am, I am for keeping this trend. I think it's great. Yeah. I'm keeping it too. I want to see more cottage cheese innovations in the upcoming year. So I'm excited about what people are going to come up with. Maybe you'll come up with something with cottage cheese and send it my way. We have stuff coming out. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. All right. Now the eighth trend is hormone balancing raw carrot salad. So as for this trend, um, basically the hype is that, you know, eating these carrots um, or eating the salad in particular has to be a raw carrot salad, apparently. Um, they have an um, impact on your gut. It's helping you reduce excess estrogen because they're high in fiber. So the extreme of eating the salad two to three times per day. So it's not like you're only eating it once. It's like something that's consistent throughout the day. Um, And this specific recipe, there's like no medical evidence behind it. Um, Not even any kind of like randomized control trials. But um, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, have you seen the recipe? Have you seen it go viral? Is it this particular food going to like balance your hormones and be the end all be all like that they're saying it it's is? It's a great question. I mean, carrots are great. Don't get me wrong. I think um, like I, I instantly think of my daughter because she's two and she absolutely loves carrots. So I feel like if she was a teenager, she'd be making this carrot salad. <laughs> um, so carrots are great. You know, is it going to do all these miracle hormone balancing gut, you know, perfecting things that they're saying it's going to do? Probably not. Um, Is it going to harm you, though? I mean, I don't think so. I think that you're going to miss out, though, on other really beneficial nutrients if you're not getting a rainbow of colors of fruits and vegetables, right? So change it up. And also, why should you have to be limited to just one flavor profile, right? Like put some, you know, red pepper in there, put some beets. Like there are some really ultra nutritious vegetables that are far more nutritious than carrots out there that I think should definitely be in our diets. Yeah. And everything you said on point, I will also add to our amazing listeners here Work with your medical professional if you think you have a hormone imbalance issues going on. Yeah. I mean, yes, like Stephanie said, like carrots are great. They're delicious. Add other foods to like up the, you know, variety and the color and all that good thing. But it's like eat the carrots for your health, but don't be so hyper fixated on it. Just like being this miraculous cure to balancing your hormones. Hormones are just so complicated. 
And I think it's this whole hormone balancing thing has become very trendy. I mean, I've seen all kinds of products in this space of, you know, it it just being this like quick fix thing, but it's like, see your provider, work with your OBGYN, go to your endocrinologist. That's where you'll get the answers. Do I think food can help to support your hormones? Absolutely. But I wouldn't focus so much on one food and, and yeah, definitely see your doctor. Okay. The ninth thing, collagen craze. Hey, collagen. Collagen is <laughs> at the moment. It's going to continue. Um, the girls are using it to support hair, skin, and nails, joint health. And each year, consumers spent millions and millions of dollars buying all kinds of collagen supplements. So what makes this popular protein so unique? As we age, we produce less of it. So skin starts to sag and wrinkle and without, you know, getting more of that collagen in, um, our joints, ligaments, tendons can be less flexible. So this is what I've been hearing. Um, what are your thoughts on all of this collagen to, you know, craze going on? Yeah, I, I am a fan of collagen. I mean, I, I've been really keeping up to date with the research. I think there's a lot of misconceptions around collagen. There's also a lot of like poor collagen supplements out there, right? So the biggest thing is, look, collagen isn't a complete protein, which means doesn't have all of the essential amino acids. It's missing something called tryptophan. So it's not going to be like a one-on-one replacement for like meat, right? Um, but it is, of course, very, you know, beneficial, like you said, we lose it sort of as we age or it kind of degrades as we age. Um, But it depends why you're taking it, right? Like if you're taking it for joint health, there is a lot of research with, I think it's type two collagen and joint health. And a lot of times people will just be taking a collagen that has everything but type two in it. And Mm -hmm. they're taking it for joint health and they didn't properly research that, you know, they need this particular type of collagen to benefit their joints and the collagen they're taking is more curated for beauty and, um, and other things like that. So, you know, I think ultimately it just depends why you're taking it and looking for a quality collagen supplement is really key. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, is it harmful? Like, are there, I mean, should people be thinking about food, like the food route more than the actual collagen supplement. Absolutely. I think in food form is always best, like things like bone broth. I mean, we're not eating as much collagen today as like we have in the past, like, for example, like, in or even like gelatin and things like that. So it can be a little difficult to find it in food sources, you might not be readily consuming it in food sources. Um, but I think once in a while, a little bit of collagen powder, as long as it's a good quality collagen powder, it can be beneficial. Um, it just depends again, like, why are you taking it? What's the purpose of you taking it? What type are you taking? Right. Anything in food form is of course going to be more bioavailable and more beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So collagen, are we ditching or are we keeping? I mean, I'm, I'm pro keeping it, but I think keep it for the right reasons. I love that for the right reasons. I agree with you. Keep it, but for the right reasons. I don't know if we said it, ditch it or keep it for the hormone balancing raw carrot salad. So let's rewind real quick. Are we ditching or keeping the raw carrot salad? I think the raw carrot salad, maybe again, keep it and upgrade it, keep it, but maybe add some, you know, like peppers to it and some beets and some other really nutritious vegetables that will benefit it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I love that carrots are not, I mean, there's so many nutrients in there, the antioxidants in there too, that have a lot of health benefits. So yeah, keep it for the nutrition, upgrade it as Stephanie said, love it. Okay. So we are down to our 10th and final trend. Now I'm so excited to hear what you're going to think about this one. So AI, we know artificial intelligence is rising in all its might. And so apparently um, a lot of companies have been kind of coming up with this like AI tool to provide dietary advice. And more so recently, the National Eating Disorders Association, which just was surprising to me, they removed its chat box from its help hotline over concerns that it was providing harmful advice about eating disorders, which I, I don't know. Wow. It, it, it kind of like, I was like, wait, what? So the chat bot, which is named Tessa, love the name Tessa, recommended, I love the name Tessa, but I don't love what Tessa, the AI <laughs> chat box did. <laughs> so she recommended weight loss, counting calories and measuring body fat, which could potentially of course, as you and I know, oh exacerbate yeah. eating disorders. So, I mean, with this particular situation and just the rise of like, you know, companies kind of talking about using the this as a, a way to kind of give a dietary advice, like um, should AI bots be giving this advice to people? Um, apparently, they're trying to put dietitians out of work. <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Obviously, Not, they didn't I say am. that, but I'm like, let's <laughs> do the job. Well, yeah, and they're also trying to put journalists out of work, and that's a big part of my job at Good Housekeeping yeah. too. So I am very anti AI. I think AI can be used as a tool, but of course, it cannot like replace a medical professional, especially a dietitian who's gone through all this schooling and has had like hands on, you know on the frontline expertise and training, you have to look at the whole person. Like yeah. we are in some sort of formula that you can plug into a spreadsheet, right? <laughs> because nutrition is so much more than numbers. It's so, yeah. it's so connected to like your hormones, your mental health, your yeah. physical fitness. I mean, there's, and I've really actually, while being pregnant, that's become even more pronounced to me. Like I've really seen that it's so much more, complex than than we think it is right and a uh, ai robot isn't going to be able to give you quality nutrition advice as evidenced by this tessa saying uh, these these tessa. stupid oh, things tessa. right and oh my god damn it tessa um, <laughs> so i'm a total ditch it on this front if you want good nutrition advice see a registered dietitian and you can also go to like goodhousekeeping.com for evidence-based nutrition information or, you know, resources where you know that they're being vetted by a registered dietitian. Again, this stuff is kind of more generalized. If you want something more specified to you, you want to make sure that you, you know, um, are seeing someone that can look at the whole picture, your mm -hmm. whole self. You said it so beautifully. I don't have anything else to add. Um, <laughs> all I will say is dietitians over over AI, <laughs> AI dietary advice. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we've covered 10 out of the hundreds and hundreds of trends that we see all the time online. And I'm, I'm sure there's so many that you can cover because, you know, with the kind of work that you're doing at Good Housekeeping, you see all kinds of things. Um, 
So what guidance do you have for navigating health misinformation online, especially when encountering like TikTok videos, um, various diet and nutrition content, and, you know, maybe some of these trends too, like what, what are some things to think about before jumping on like a trend or a fad diet? And like, can you just share like two or three key tips for listeners to just become more like discerning and aware of reliable information in, in like the vast realm of the internet madness, I shall say. Definitely. Always look at the person who's giving this advice and see, do they have any credentials? Like, are they even qualified to be speaking about this? Right. That's the first thing. I think the second thing is like, always be inquisitive, always ask questions. If something doesn't sound right, or if something sounds suspicious or too good to be true, it Mm. probably is. So, you know, ask those questions. And I think it's important to know that ultimately on social media, it's just People are trying to be more clickbaity. They're trying to be more outrageous than the last person, right? It's just because something sounds outrageous doesn't mean it's true. Really, nutrition yeah. is very simple when you break it down. I mean, it's really going back to basics. And we've been studying nutrition for, I mean, years. So, of course, it's an evolving field and we are learning new things every day. But You know, ultimately, I I think if you see an influencer doing something that feels sort of strange or restrictive, you know, ask questions and be inquisitive about it. Those are all really, really great tips. And with that, we are down to the end of the episode. Do you have any other last words that you want to share with our listeners? I hope you guys found this very helpful. I mean, we are ditching or keeping these wellness trends. I mean, most of them were ditching. And I hope that this will inspire you to also ditch it. We gave some really great valid points as to why. Okay. But, you know, take everything with a <laughs> grain of salt. Um, that's so important. So, Stephanie, any last words for the listeners? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This was that's awesome. Good. You're amazing. You're um, amazing. <laughs> and I think my last words are, you know, you know, you can try and find the good in a trend, you can try and find maybe there's one thing in the trend that you can do. Like, for example, maybe that carrot salad trend inspires you to eat more vegetables. That's great. You don't have to necessarily Mm. prescribe to the exact trend, personalize that prescription for you and what fits your needs and take the good part of it. Maybe it's eating less added sugar, maybe it's moving your body more, whatever it may be. And don't do it to an extreme, just do it to a point where it feels, you know, like it can complement your body and complement your daily habits. No, that was amazing. And you're basically saying take the trend that you see and and personalize it to your daily routine. Like make it your own. Take the yep. good, leave the bad and do what works for you. I love that. And do you guys see why we had to bring Stephanie to the show? Like, do you guys see why we had to bring her to the show? She's incredible. And so with that, Stephanie, we have one last question that we ask all of our guests who come on, our special, special guests. And that is, how do you flourish? I love this question so much. Um, How do I flourish now in this state of pregnancy is what Mm. I'm thinking about in my head. And (laughs) it's just honoring my body with just mindful, gentle movement. Like, I take that time for me. I wake up early in the morning and and it makes my body feel so good just to start my day with movement. And it's not forced. It's what feels good for me. Um, 
And that's one thing I really don't take for granted because with my daughter, I had a really hard pregnancy Mm. and I had to be really careful with any physical activity. And so this pregnancy, it's been like a gift to be able to exercise and, and feel my best. And so that's sort of how I'm flourishing in this season of life right now. I love that. And um, I am trying to go about my own movement journey. And I'm hoping as the year begins, 2024, I will definitely make that a part of my routine. And I wanted to applaud you for it motivating and inspiring me to keep my butt moving because I see your post and I'm like, oh, here comes Stephanie again with the, have you moved today? And I'm like, oh, no, I haven't. <laughs> no, but keep doing it because we are reading it and we are being inspired. And I think, um, especially when it comes to like exercise and movement, that's something that we often try to overlook, but we don't realize how important it is to our overall health and wellness and even our mental health too. So Thank you for inspiring all of us. And I really appreciate you for coming to our show. Ladies, we will put Stephanie's information in the show notes. So um, check her out. We hope that we'll be able to get in touch again, Stephanie, for another episode in the future. Who knows? We'll probably talk about baby number two and your motherhood (laughs) journey and pregnancy. So come on back to the show. You're amazing. And um, thank you once again, girl. Thank you. This was awesome. I told you you were going to love this one, and I hope you feel empowered with confidence to navigate through the noise in mainstream wellness as we start this new year, 2024. All right. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take 30 seconds to leave a rating and review, especially if you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts. I'd really appreciate that. Help us reach more women this year. All right. Y'all know I love y'all. I will talk to you soon, but until then, keep flourishing. Keep flourishing.